we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Hey, Dustin Hawkinsmith here from Penn Live with your newsstand edition of the Blue White Breakdown for Monday, November 15th. We've got four storylines coming out of Penn State's 21-17 loss to Michigan on Saturday. We've uh, got plenty to talk about here in this game, which was a, you know, on paper, a very close game. Uh, obviously, the final score dictates that. The fact that Michigan had to uh, mount a last-minute uh, drive in the, in the final few minutes of this game uh, suggested it. The, the stat sheet. You know, when you look down through 21 first downs for Michigan, 20 for Penn State, 144 yards on the ground for Michigan. They ran the ball better, but they didn't run the ball great against this Penn State defense. Uh, Cade McNamara, 217 passing yards, uh, averaged 7.5 yards per attempt through three touchdown passes in this game. Uh, part of the difference was him making plays late, and Sean Clifford didn't have you know many opportunities to do that. Uh, so the bottom line was uh, the, the score was close few different things I think impacted the game. Uh, we'll touch on those. Uh, I want to direct you here shortly to some of the content on Penn Live right now coming out Sunday, Monday. Some of the best stuff that Bob Flanders and David Jones do for us uh, here. Just their opinions on, on these games and especially where Penn State is as a program. So I'll let you know what all is going to be up on Penn Live here in a minute. Um, a couple of the themes that emerged that you know might seem obvious here a couple of days after the fact uh, Michigan's pass rush was a big difference maker in this game. Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo led the way there. Seven sacks and a whole bunch of other hurries and hits on Sean Clifford that clearly compounded over the course of the game. Uh, really um, gutsy effort by Sean Clifford, I think would be the best way to put it. We'll expound on that a little bit later here um, on the podcast. Uh, Penn State, aggressive early. A fake punt followed up by a fake field goal. Uh, some might argue one too many fakes from James Franklin in this game. A weird indicator of where this game was going that he felt like he had to do that early against Michigan in that matchup with Jim Harbaugh, I think, kind of on James Franklin's mind in the start of this game. Um, another theme here, too, Penn State dominated the first quarter of the game, but they didn't have enough to show for it, I, w- I would say. 33 plays to six for Michigan, 145 yards to 15 for Michigan. 
kind of had opportunities to, to deliver a statement early and get the crowd revved up and I think maybe outfoxed themselves. And it cost them because Michigan was built to wear teams down in the second, third, fourth quarters. That's exactly what happened in this game. I think Penn State, who knows, if they're able to put up 14 instead of three early, they're, uh, they're able to maybe sustain that and have enough momentum um, on, on their side to, to ride it out. Uh, a couple things, Penn State has fallen out of the top 25, had still gotten a lot of consideration from Associated Press and coaches poll voters. Uh, no more there. You know, they're, they're uh, six and four, uh, a couple games left, have lost four out of five. Good teams, good reasons for some of the losses, but the losses are there, and there's four of them. No more from uh, from the AP or coaches poll. Hadn't gotten that ranking consideration from the college football playoff committee anyway. Obviously, that's not coming when they release their new um, rankings on Tuesday. Uh, next weekend, Saturday, against Rutgers. Penn State opens as a favorite in that one. Daniel Gallon has uh, more on that opening spread and just the the weirdness of it considering where Penn State's coming from uh, with the losses there. Uh, the few content items to direct you back to Penn Live, Dave's, uh, Dave Jones's three post-game reads, his Sunday morning quarterback column. He writes a column after the game, which he did in this one, um, just talking about Michigan's sense of identity and how that was stronger, maybe, than Penn State's sense of identity. And in a game like this one, that kind of mattered. Their identity was good enough to win in the end. Penn State's, whatever it is they're searching for or searching for to, to be a strength, uh, wasn't. It just wasn't enough against Michigan. Uh, Bob Flanders does his report card. I think Bob does as good a job as anybody breaking down where the team is and looking at the X's and O's of things. And then obviously Bob and Dave with their post-game video as well, I think has, come, has become must-watch. Um, TV after a- anything that happens to Penn State, but especially a game like this one with certain magnitude and against Michigan and high profile. Uh, let me start here with the Penn State offense um, in this game. And as mentioned before, seven sacks given up. Um, I think that was really the story of the game. Everybody knew coming in that Aiden Hutchinson, who looks to be maybe a top 10 pick in, in the draft this spring, Six foot seven, I think about about 270 pounds. Just an impossible matchup one on one. He found himself in that situation quite a bit in this one. David Ojabo, also tough to handle on the other side. Everybody knew it. Penn State knew it. Uh, whether they adjusted enough to to overcome that, you know, it's going to take somebody who knows the game at a, at a really high level to say whether Penn State did enough from a strategy standpoint to deal with that. Uh, but the fact of the matter was everybody also knew that coming in Penn state had to make some kind of major step forward to find better balance in their offense. You can't have Sean Clifford dropping back and throwing at 30, 40, you know, 50 times against a team like this, because the longer you're back there, the more often you're back there, the more punishment you're going to sustain. And if you look at this 43 dropbacks for Sean Clifford in this game, completed 23 of them for 205 yards and a touchdown sacked seven times, beat up, hit a lot more hurried forced out of the pocket. Just not a lot of um, support for Sean Clifford in this game in a number of ways, including drops um, that, that we saw the uh, in addition to the 43 dropbacks, Sean Clifford also credited with 16 rush attempts, uh, sacks go down as negative yardage plays. He had 45 ne- negative yards total in his rushing. 
um, but had 61 yards gained. So he's also making plays with his legs. And you think about 43 dropbacks, um, you know, nine other, let's say, designed or scramble situations where he had the ball in his hands. That's 52 opportunities to get beat up. And Michigan, it felt like, took advantage of about 35 of those opportunities. Uh, really beat him up. And uh, to Sean Clifford's credit, which I think that's something that should be um, noted out of this game, is he continued to not only play through it, he didn't seem to limit himself hardly at all. He didn't seem to be shaken by all that punishment. And, you know, I think looking at his three years as a starter now, and who knows if it'll be a fourth or not, um, when he's been in there, he really, truly, without a question, has given every ounce of time, energy, effort, etc., to, to get better at the job and to play his best and to help his team win however he's being asked to do that, sometimes with his legs, sometimes with his mind, sometimes with his arm. Uh, beat up. I believe I saw out there that Sean Clifford that did not make a post-game media appearance, and that report, um, I'm sorry, I forget who said it, uh, suggested it was the first time that they can remember that he didn't do that. So some indication of where his body was after all that punishment. Uh, we saw more to suggest in this game that Theo Johnson is a higher priority in the tight end packing order than Brenton Strange. Um, I think he has been a more reliable playmaker, I think, for Sean Clifford. And he's super talented, and I think it's not the worst thing in the world for Theo Johnson to be in this place. He had four catches for 28 yards, found a way to, to break a 19-yarder. And without looking at the stat sheet, I would venture to say in probably four or five games this season, Theo Johnson has broken about a 15-yard-plus play. Can make guys miss when he catches it. Hasn't found a lot of space, but he's made a way. He's found a way to make some contributions to this offense. Uh, one other thing that's been the, the ongoing theme for Penn State is trying to establish this ground game. Credited in this game, 42 carries for 109 yards for an average of 2.6 yards per carry uh, factor in that Sean Clifford lost 45 yards uh, almost or all in, in terms of sacks uh, there. And the rushing average becomes a little bit better. Kevon Lee uh, clearly led the way. And I think some might say, and I th- I've probably said this a few times that Kevon Lee, it would have been nice to get a look at him as a workhorse type back earlier in the year when these these signs of trouble first started emerging. He's just the most dynamic player in that running back room right now, who also happens to have the trust of Penn State's coaches. So that combination, you know, he put the ball on the turf early one or two times in the season. That probably shook the coaching staff's confidence. There are some times where he leaves some yards on the table, which I felt like was the opposite last year where he made every yard count and got every yard he possibly could. So he's got to find that happy medium of trying to be a little bit more explosive and a little bit more reliable. Pretty good game for him in this one. Broke a 15 yarder. I think um, broke a 15 yarder the week before as well. 20 carries for 88 yards. Only two of those went for a loss. So I think that um, showed some signs of life. Uh, the offensive line, I think you can say needed to be better, especially in pass protection. Um, tough assignment without a doubt. Caden Wallace, um, was was beaten quite often in this game with speed. So that's going to be something to look at. Uh, Rashid Walker, I thought, did a better job on the left side. So the offensive line and the running game, absolutely nothing new there. Uh, both of them need to continue playing better. But I think you see maybe some signs of life here that with Kevon Lee and with a more purposeful approach, the Penn State ground game uh, can get moving in the right direction. If that's all that comes out of the final two regular season games and bowl game, 
I think that would be a pretty big win and create some momentum going forward into next year. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. All right, let's shift gears to the Penn State defense in this game. You know, it was going to be interesting to see on the ground what Michigan was going to do and how Penn State was going to hold up against it. And I think Michigan probably set out with their offensive line, with their play calling, with their running backs, and the way that they're trying to do, trying to um, run their offense to line up big, to throw a lot of heavy runs at the Penn State defense. And at the very least, even if you don't experience a lot of success early, which they did not, uh, you are able to slowly but surely wear opponents down. And I think Hassan Haskins is one of the more optimally built Jim Harbaugh running backs to try to do that against an opponent. And in this one, 31 carries for 156 yards got better and better as the, as the game went on, as he, as he does. And James or Jim Harbaugh really praised him a lot after the game for, for what he's been able to do in terms of getting stronger and better and fresher and welcoming that challenge long gain of just 17 yards in this game. Um, I don't think Michigan's really asking Hassan Haskins to to break 80 yarders. If he's going to be pretty consistent in getting to the second level and getting 5, 8, 9, 12 yards, that's exactly what they want. He lost only one yard total on 31 attempts. So that kind of speaks to how they were able to control the line up front and not allow any penetration from the inside. And that's how Hassan Haskins keeps rolling, 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 and then kind of gets his yardage as he always does. Uh, Arnold Epichetti, I thought, uh, probably made himself some money in this game. You know, everybody watching this game for the two defensive ends from Michigan, uh, David Ojabo, Aiden Hutchinson. But I think uh, Arnold Epichetti really threw himself in that conversation. He's not on the level of Aiden Hutchinson in terms of uh, a prospect. But anybody watching this game from an NFL angle had to have seen how big, strong, powerful, quick, and explosive Arnold Epichetti is. I'm really fascinated to see how his draft profile unfolds and what he's able to do at the combine, presuming he gets an invite there. Um, I think he's got a shot to go higher than maybe we're discussing right now. He's got eight and a half sacks on the year. Other than Ebiketti, you know, not a lot of dynamic plays from this Penn State defense. And that's another thing that Michigan, when they're exerting their will in a game, they're not allowing you to, to create plays in space and to make plays on the quarterback because they're not asking for a lot from Cade McNamara. So kind of what you would expect, but still, as mentioned in, in Hassan Haskins, rushing total, one tackle for loss on him on 31 carries, kind of uh, speaks volumes. Uh, Caleb King got more run in this game than I think at any point this year, and I think he really showed up well on film. It's somebody that you should expect to see more of in the final two games. Didn't see him as much as we thought we, we would. Uh, had some early struggles and maybe just needed to acclimate himself a little bit to the speed or whatever, um, but he uh, he's coming on strong. He had three tackles and a pass breakup Uh, last but not least looking at special teams and trick plays in this one I mentioned the fake punt the fake field goal in this one aggressive mentality from James Franklin almost misguided aggression early in this game got away with one on the fake punt because I think Michigan 
saw it well, but Jordan Stout made a quarterback caliber throw out of the punter spot to Curtis Jacobs, who probably could play running back, but he's a linebacker. So you had two inordinate types of things happen in your favor for Penn State on that one. Was kind of well covered, but Jacobs got a step and Stout threw a dime to him. So that worked out. But that raised some red flags for Michigan, who was probably expecting fakes in the first place. So when you have Jordan Stout run out for a pass on a, a fourth and two from the um you know, from fourth and a goal from the two yard line. Uh, it just didn't have a, a great chance of succeeding and any chance it did naturally was evaporated whenever, you know, the throw was behind Jordan Stout. He's not going to make that play. He's not Jahan Dotson. So he got tackled and, you know, a lot of people kind of suggesting if you're going to, if you want to go for it and be aggressive from four, from it uh, on the two yard line, throw your offense out there. James Franklin said no secret that uh, his Offense has struggled in short yardage situations. We're 10 games into that now. So I think maybe you can probably call that a, a coaching issue now as well. They got to be better in short yardage or else you have to, as James Franklin, you know, describes that he felt he had to do something like this. Not a real testament to the Penn State offense and what they are able to do. And you saw the end result, 21-17. Michigan, Penn State falls to 6-4. and four. They're 3-4 and four in the Big Ten. Play Rutgers this weekend. Close the year with Michigan State. I'll be back Wednesday with another newsstand talking points edition of the Blue White Breakdown. Look for Bob Flanders and David Jones to recap what James Franklin had to say um, from his Tuesday news conference. Daniel Gallon and I will join you later this week as well with a look at Rutgers and, and the news of the week. So uh, be looking forward to all that. PennLive.com slash Penn State Football. Also, the Blue White Breakdown everywhere you can download podcasts. Check it out then, and we'll see you next time on the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey.